Welcome to CXR, Careers in Radiology, the voice in your ear for the med student interested in what radiology, radiation oncology, and interventional radiology have to say for themselves. Thinking about a radiologic specialty? Most medical students get little practical exposure to these fields, and there's little time to explore potential options. So I'll do the asking for you. Listen as physicians who completed recent residencies and fellowships in these specialties share a bit about their day-to-day work, the things that excite them in their fields, and how to decide if these specialties are right for you. Happy residents choose fields they love. Be curious, think about what's right for you, and please don't be shy to get in touch with me, Fiona, your host and fellow student at cxrpod at gmail.com with any questions or to ask a question of one of our guests. Episode notes from today's interview are available in the description section on all the major platforms, as well as links to any resource we discuss in the episode. Okay, so today I'd like to walk, welcome Dr. Genwon Kim, who is an alumna of Boston University School of Medicine. Uh, she completed an MD-PhD dual degree in 2014 with a PhD in molecular medicine. She completed her transitional year at Signature Healthcare in Brockton uh, and radiology residency at Beth Israel Deaconess Medical Center and a breast imaging fellowship at Mass General Hospital. She finished her training in 2019 and returned to Beth Israel Deaconess Medical Center as a staff at breast imaging and a director of breast MRI. She transitioned to her current job at Atreus Health about three months ago. Dr. Kim is a committee member of the Massachusetts Radiological Society Breast Imaging Subcommittee and the Massachusetts Medical Society Women's Health Committee. She lives in Boston with her husband and two kids and enjoys decorating her apartment with the photos she's taken. Dr. Kim is a diagnostic radiologist. Diagnostic radiology encompasses a variety of diagnostic and image-guided therapeutic techniques, including all aspects of radiological diagnosis, nuclear radiology, diagnostic ultrasound, magnetic resonance, computed tomography, interventional procedures, and the use of other forms of radiant energy. Physicians studying diagnostic radiology are primarily hospital-based and can specialize in a number of areas, including vascular interventional, neuroimaging and intervention, abdominal imaging and intervention, nuclear medicine, chest and cardiac imaging, pediatric imaging, and breast, which is Dr. Kim's fellowship area. So after that very long double AMC definition of radiology, Dr. Kim, is is there any way you would describe yourself in in your type of medicine? No, not really. Um, I just wanted to um, thank you for having me here. And um, that is a very long uh, description of what radiology is. Um, And depending on uh, the type of training that you have, you may end up specializing in one or two areas. Um, And depending on where you end up practicing, you might um, end up practicing general radiology, but more often these days, you might end up doing more specialized version of it. Thank you for that. Thank you. Yes, there is a lot to navigate in radiology, which is part of why you're here today. So thank you. I think to start off, we'll just talk about what 
as a as a diagnostic radiologist your typical week uh, entails? So right now I am um, considered more of a general radiologist, but I do specialize in breast imaging. As a radiologist practicing in more of a not exactly an academic medicine, my day or my week um, would be in breast imaging for the most part. Um, I see diagnostic cases from say eight to uh, five. Um, that's when uh, most patients uh, are scheduled. And then in between, I would read some screening uh, mammograms. Um, and then depending on the day, they might have like a dedicated biopsy day um, where the biopsies are done under ultrasound or stereotactic guidance using mammogram techniques. Um, some days I am assigned to uh, MRI biopsy, um, which uh, you kind of have to go to another site that has the MRI um, with the capacity to do the biopsy and the staff. And so uh, it's more of a day job, like eight to five um, predictable hours, you know, kind of when you're supposed to show up. Um, there are really no um, emergencies, if you will. Um, and it's like a emergency doctor kind of shift work. Um, and we do take call um, and depending on what your comfort level is, you might be reading different things, but uh, I am currently reading only um, radiographs and some ultrasounds. That's great. It sounds like you're appreciating the regularity at the moment. Um, would you consider yourself a 24-7 person or more of a 8-5 to as you mentioned? Yeah, so I think a lot of us who go into medicine tend to be more of a 24-hour type of people. Um, we tend to be um, rather ambitious, um, driven, and I think I was kind of like that in the beginning. Um, I wanted to uh, do a lot of things, and which is partially the reason why I wanted to get a, a PhD so that I can do a lot of research, and um, I was very interested in academic type of work, um, and academic work does not stop when you stop work. But then as I got older and I had a family, having a regular schedule and being able to separate yourself from work became very important to me. And so I think by force and a little bit of choice and circumstances, I'm more of a nine to five, if I can, but it's more like eight to six. <laughs> Brilliant, brilliant. So, so you found that uh, as as you continued in in the start of your career, uh, you found yourself more able to shut off at the end of the day, uh, which I think is an anathema to medical students. But um, uh, certainly, I think a lot of us are um, are interested in having a balance. Uh, so, thank you, thank you for that. So. To sort of continue uh, referring to what, what you do at your work currently, it's quite interesting to me and I think to our listeners as well that at the moment you're in uh, private practice um, because most radiologists actually end up there. Uh, so 
in in your uh, practice at the moment, uh, what do you often see in a patient's profile with your your breast uh, specialization? Great question. I think um, I'll first address um, the private practice part. Um, when I was a medical student, and even before medical student uh, life. Um, my first exposure to medicine in general was in the setting of a large hospital. Um, and in that setting, most people are um, more academic based. And so my first exposure and the only exposure um, were academic medicine. And that's what I thought uh, medicine really was and the only kind there is. And as I was um, training and about to graduate, um, it, it dawned on me that a lot of my friends were choosing to go into private practice, which was not even in my radar. Um, and I guess that's partially because of my background of having a PhD. Uh, nobody really approached me about thinking about private practice because of my PhD, they just assumed that I would go into academic medicine. And during my residency, I had um, applied for grants. So the most, most logical career choice for me um, in other people's mind, as well as mine, was in academic medicine. But like you were saying, most people choose um, private practice for many reasons. One is that they are um, they're everywhere. Uh, there are more private practice jobs than um, academic jobs. Um, and um, in in most cases, they actually pay better than um, academic medicine. And the type of work that you do as a private practice is a little different than academic medicine. And um, not to say one's better than the other. Um, I think they are all uh, important, necessary. So, for example, um, in general, um, when we, when I was in uh, in training session, uh, training um, type of environment in academic medicine, um, I would say that some cases were very complicated. They were extremely rare cases. And, which is the reason why they are referred to a tertiary care facility. Um, and uh, it needed a lot of coordinating care from different parts in order to care for that one person. Um, which is, it, this is true for uh, not just breast imaging, but in other modalities. Um, and when I transitioned to uh, more of a they, they don't call themselves private practice, um, the place that I'm at currently. Um, but um, more of a private practice setting, they um, think of it as more bread and butter, if you will. Um, most people who come are otherwise healthy mm -hmm. and they just have that one problem. Um, and so it is different. It is, it is different. Thank you for that. Would you mind sort of transitioning on to, uh, or I guess referring back to uh, your more research experience and then kind of tying that in? So, so uh, 
now you would say you're a more patient, patient care oriented institution. You're not there to do research. What about uh, in, in earlier in your career when you were doing doing your academic track? So the most um, difference that I have noticed um, between um, being an academic setting and um, private setting, for example, when I was in um, my research heavy position, I was uh, 60% um, clinical and 40% research. So that's like almost half of my time is devoted to research. Mm -hmm. Um, most of the things that I was focused on was writing grants or thinking about writing grants. I didn't actually end up writing any while I was there, um, uh, for many reasons. Um, and, uh, writing papers, which is very important in, um, measuring your productivity mm -hmm. and, uh, your promotion. And so in order to um, be a valuable member of the academic um, setting, um, you are measured by how quote unquote productive you are. Um, and if you're a research um, faculty, that productivity um, is measured by how many grants, how much money you br have brought in and um, how mm -hmm. many papers you have published in that year or um, within a given period that you're being um, judged upon um, and whether you have given any um, talks outside of your particular uh, institution to promote um, your institution, uh, make you know your your institution a little more famous and well-known mm -hmm. and and so it's not just about patient care uh, it's in addition to patient care that you're doing this um, academic work mm -hmm. um, and now it's more or less you know 100% about um, the patient work um, I do still uh, write some papers um i'm writing like a first author paper um with somebody who um we already did most of the work while i was um at uh beth israel um and we were pretty much finishing up and um other papers are i'm just like a coll collaborator um and amongst um many other authors um, and so the work is a little different and the academic part as a private practice uh, radiologist, it comes out of your free time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you for that. It, it really uh, puts in perspective uh, your own journey from focusing mostly just ahead and kind of on the assumption that uh, academic productivity was the way you wanted to go uh, uh, to more of looking around you and kind of seeing where other radiologists are practicing and uh, um, achieving a, a balance there. So thank you. Um, at the moment, uh, what do you find exciting about your specialty? 
uh, or what are your interests uh, in your field at the moment? And you mentioned a first author paper, so that's obviously a, a free time investment of yours. Um, but uh, what, what do you see uh, happening that you're excited about in, in radiology or anything like that? Yeah, so um, I think radiology in general has always been an interesting specialty. It is one of those specialties where technology comes first um, and technology is uh, always used in a way that is um, more forward-looking. Um, innovation, technological innovation is extremely important in our field. So I, I think that anybody who's um, really into technology and um, just thinking about how to innovate imaging, how we innovate, um, where we innovate is going to be well suited uh, because there will be um, always something to think about. And I think um, currently, at least in breast imaging, um, we are struggling to figure out how to risk stratify people. Um, not everybody gets cancer, obviously, but we need to find those people who will get cancer earlier than in their lives and who have, who will present with um, more aggressive type, if you will. Um, mm. and in order to find those people, um, we may have to screen a whole bunch because we don't have a better way. And so a lot of people are looking into different methods of screening, um, first of all. And secondly, um, other people are looking into different ways of identifying people who might need additional screening. Um, and again, all these efforts are very technologically driven. Um, and artificial intelligence has been uh, looked into in order to find a better way to identify people. Is it imaging-based AI or is it imaging and um, like a my data mining of the medical history in order to find these um, high-risk people? Um, and we're always trying to uh, image people in a way that is faster and with less radiation if possible, if not no radiation, and um, without giving any extra, I'm referring to contrast material, whether it be iodine-based or gadolinium-based contrast material. So less invasive imaging, faster imaging, um, and, and less imaging in general. Um, and so there are a lot of research going on. One of which is um, what I'm interested in at uh, MRI imaging in contrast enhanced mammography, which uh, is like a almost like a mammogram on steroids, where you take mammogram after you get um, iodine injection, and that's a newer technology uh, which is still being um, researched. Uh, but we have a lot of data to suggest that it is a very useful tool when used correctly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I believe there are cancer screening guidelines for uh, MRI for BRCA-positive individuals who don't get 
prophylactic mastectomy. So it's a good area, and, and uh, um, you know we already see the importance of it in uh, interceding in, in g- genetic breast cancer syndrome. So that's that's really interesting. Great. So uh, at the moment, are you working both with ultrasound, mammography, MRI, or um, is your primary interest just MR? Uh, no, my interest is in you know all facets of breast imaging, and breast imaging uses all uh, of those modalities every day in order to um, detect and diagnose um, and follow. Um, imaging findings and the because technology is always changing we're always learning how to look at our imaging and um, I, I find breast imaging very interesting because there's just so much innovation yeah yeah I, I feel like uh, radiology does continue evolving. Uh, you can't really avoid it in, in radiology practice because it's either the tools that are getting uh, more advanced or or the screening guidelines and everything else is updating to kind of follow that trend. So um, absolutely, uh, even if you can have it as a, an eight to five job, uh, you definitely have to stay current and stay involved and everything. So really cool. So to, to kind of uh, help students understand a bit more about uh, how, how you got to, to where you are, um, w- would you describe kind of your path either from medicine, you know, choosing medicine to residency or, or just kind of when you were in med school, um, why you picked radiology? Sure. Um, I think I want to make sure that I am clear about one thing when I'm describing my path to where I am. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I I want to um, tell people, especially women, young women, that they can do everything that they are set out to do and they should have uh, as much ambition and drive and want to achieve as much as possible. And um, I personally do not feel like I have failed because I transitioned out of um, academic medicine because um, overall I learned um, that there is time and place for everything and maybe right now is not exactly my time to do what is needed. So to go back to where um, where I started, you know, when I started college, I went to Cornell, um, and I really wanted to get into research. I really was interested in learning more about how to do research, what that means to be in research. And so as a freshman, like the first week of freshman year, I uh, sought out somebody who was willing to work with a, a freshman who knew nothing. And she, Dr. Casasola, uh, Dr. Marianella Casasola, she still is at, um, at Cornell. And I think she's like a dean or something um, now. I, uh, and she told me later that um, she never hires a, a freshman, um, but 
because I was either、um, she she said it was a combination of I just didn't know what else to do <laughs> with with me <laughs> and、um, uh, just to give me a chance.、Um, she did hire me to be a research assistant,、um, and our relationship lasted, you know, all through、uh, my college year. And she was instrumental in wanting to pursue like a PhD in addition to my MD. Um, and so, with her full support,、um, I started my MD PhD.、Um, and during the summer before my medical school,、um, I reached out to somebody、um, who was working in neuroscience, in, in、uh, memory and brain. And I, that's all I thought I wanted to do:、um, looking into neuroscience and.、Um, And maybe working、uh, something to do with the brain. I, I had very rudimentary understanding of these things at that time, and so I somehow found myself in、um, in a lab that are, works with memory.、Um, and I came across、uh, this imaging of the brain of a、uh, veteran who now has amnesia from post-traumatic disorder. Um, and I was just、uh, floored by this image of the brain, and it's a the person is still living. We, they did not do any kind of surgery, but there was a、um, detailed image of the brain, and I knew even then that I wanted to do something with imaging because now you can look into the actual inner workings of a person. Without having to cut open a person, and I thought that was just incredible.、Um, but of course, I、uh, kept my、um, my door open and、um, explored other areas.、Um, and while after my second year, that's when we transitioned transition into PhD.、Um, mm-hmm. I decided to、um, work for、uh, try to do my PhD on MR physics. Uh, that didn't work out very well because I was just not interested in physics part of MRI. I just didn't care much about、um, that part, and so、um, that fizzled out pretty quickly. And I found my、uh, more of a passion in molecular image,、uh, molecular medicine, and、mm. signal signaling pathways, especially in、um, aging. And my lab.、Um, Was working in、uh, cancer signaling、um, in addition to aging,、um, and that's where I got my、uh, introduction into cancers、um, and cancer imaging and、um, cancer treatment. And so,、um, when I, it was time for me to go back to medical training,、um, I was interested in、um, the specialties. That dealt with cancers, and、uh, my first、um, clerkship was radiology, and I was、um, again reimmersed in radiology, and、um, I thought I wouldn't be so interested anymore, but I it it just blew me away again.、Mm-hmm. Um, it it had been maybe like. Five years since I saw the MRI of that veteran, and technology had、uh, come 
along so far that the imaging was now even better than it used to be. Yeah.、Um, so now、um, the clerkship director、um, at at BU, she was so supportive and making sure that I. Had enough、um, support and guidance to find my way around and make sure that I did come back to radiology、um, at, at when it was time to choose.、Um, and I also found a mentor who,、uh, Dr. Shokai, who、um, took a special interest in making sure that I had、uh, research projects and I was paired up with another resident who was also interested in neuroradiology. And we did、um, you know, small projects here and there, but、uh, that got me that got me hooked into radiology in general, and so that's part of the reason why I started residency in radiology.、Um, and during my residency, my program director, Dr. Slanitz, was absolutely instrumental in making sure that I had enough support continuing my research because. She knew that、um, after my PhD, I wanted to continue doing my、um, some type of research that I was really focused in making sure that I have a career in research. And she did everything she could,、um, and I did end up、um, winning one of those、um, RSA grants as a resident, which、uh, funded me for、uh, a year and and almost two years.、Um, and、mm-hmm. um, and it was. It was one of those experiences that I、uh, I could not have done myself, and、um, you know, along all those ways, I had so many different、um, people helping me, like Dr. Sai, who personally reviewed all of my writing to make sure that my、uh, grant was perfect.、Um, Dr. Phillips and Dr. Meda—they're both in breast imaging.、Um, they both wanted to make sure that I actually succeeded, and talked to me along those along the way,、uh, giving me,、um, you know, advice on how to succeed and、um, how to not burn out, basically. And you know, that's part of the re- reason why I came back to. Um, Beth Israel, because I had so many people who were like rooting for me to succeed,、mm-hmm. and、um, you know, I thought everything was going to be great, and then, and then the pandemic happened. <laughs>、uh, <laughs> true, true. Yeah. Thank、so. you, thank you for、uh, for including that. You felt supported by your mentors, not just in、uh, academic. Uh, vein, but also in kind of trying to manage everything all together. It's almost like a soft skill. It's almost something that we we sometimes don't think we can ask professionals.、Uh, how do I do it?、Um, how do I survive not sleeping or those types of things? And being able to find a person at your institution who can really be all of those things is is super important. So thank you for that.、Uh, so the pandemic happened. And how how did that change your trajectory? Well, so pandemic happened during my fellowship year, and、um, it gave me a, a new perspective on what is important to me right now. 
Um, I still wanted to go back to Beth Israel and continue doing research um, because, after all, uh, there. That's where all of my mentors were, and they were still waiting for me. They were still rooting for me. They still wanted me to come back and succeed. Um, and so I figured I would give it a try. But as I was saying, that um, academic medicine is not a nine-to-five job. It is the twenty-four hour, seven days a week kind of a job. I have. Currently, two young children.、Um, the younger one is like two, and <laughs> I don't know. I think I found that I wanted to be there right now and not later. Yeah, and I wanted to be there all the way and not like thinking about something else. Um, and so maybe I will go back at some point, but right now I felt like. It was. It was just. I was not succeeding in anything. I when I was doing my work, I was thinking about the kids. When I was with the kids, I was thinking about work, and it just、uh, was not working out for me. And so, you know, I talked to my、um, mentors again, and and、um, it was a tough conversation. But I think for now,、um, I. Made the decision、um, to put all of that on hold、um, to keep my sanity, and then maybe I'll I'll go back to academic medicine at some point when I have more of a grasp on what's happening tomorrow. Absolutely, thank you for that. I think、uh, you know the the most important thing is to is to take care of.、Uh, How we manage、uh, all our multiple responsibilities. I I think it's the right choice for you now to be、uh, chasing kids instead of protons.、Um, <laughs> uh, and I I think what we need to focus on more, certainly in medical schools, is、uh, trying to help our students choose to be happy residents wherever they are. And.、Uh, Your story is is super unique、uh, because、uh, not many of us are are、uh, dual dual degree candidates, but、um, uh, it's been extremely helpful hearing、uh, how your decision making has evolved, and certainly、uh, in this really strange、uh, COVID circumstance we all find ourselves in,、um, it's really important to ask these questions of. Of professionals who've been there and who've seen kind of the scary side of it,、um, so thank you so much for that. Is there anyone else you would like to give give a a, a thanks to or? Yeah, so、uh, I wanted to elaborate on the mentorships. I think it's never too soon to find a mentor, and the um, I think.、Um, I forget when it was, but when I was in residency, I had initially、uh, thought about going into、um, neuroradiology, but for many reasons, including、um, grant funding,、um, I decided not to. And at that time,、uh, one of my mentors said that、um, I can have mentors in many different areas and for many different reasons. And I think that's very important to know.、Um, you don't have to have just one person.、Uh, 
um, you can have many, many different people advising you in different areas.、Um, and it's also important to find people who are kind of like you, but at, at the same time,、um, people who are not like you.、Um, and I'm specifically referring to women who might be interested in pursuing high level academic career.、Um, I may not be the right person to talk to because I clearly said no, no thank you to that. There are other women who are extremely successful navigating all of this and you know, hearing from them and how they became successful and how they got through、um, the challenges. I think that's extremely important too.、Um, and, you know, but at the same time,、uh, hearing about what.、Uh, What, which straw broke the camel's back is also critical in understanding、uh, where you might trip up, whether、uh, you're a man or a woman. I, I think that's true.、Um, and understanding the life difficulties and then the changes that come with life. You may not have children right now, but you may or may not. You might have a spouse, but you may not.、Um, Give you a challenge at that time,、um, and hearing from different people about how they navigated those changes、um, would help you succeed regardless of which、uh, specialty you choose. Thank you for that. That's a very comprehensive summary about how to what happens when you find yourself choosing. Um, and um, I think it was really important. For you to add that, yeah, people、um, end up with different academic trajectories, and、uh, you must always ask、uh, more people rather than less in order to get the full, full、uh, spectrum of perspectives on what could be right for you. So, th- thank you very much for that.、Um, and uh, that's what we're trying to do here as well is kind of add more voices、uh, to the decisions that, that students、uh, get the chance to make. So, so to, to sort of help、uh, students know a bit more about you uh, personally um, or uh, what type of person you are sort of at work, I like to do、uh, describing your personality type of thing. So, How would you describe your personality? Any way of doing so is fine. Great question. I think my husband、um, says I am not very patient. And I always thought that I was a very patient person. But he told me <laughs> this morning that I am not a patient person. He made it very clear to me. So I guess that is one thing.、Um, I do think of myself as a. Big picture person rather than、um, like a detail oriented person. And detail orientedness、um, is very important in so many different、um, areas of medicine.、Um, and I sometimes wish that I had more patience. I guess he's right after all.、Um, I had more patience to、um, kind of、uh, focus on the little details. Yes, yes.、Uh, to be more of the,、um, the Sherlock Holmes as, as opposed to the, the idea woman. I think the,、um, the sort of global picture is, is good for thinking of those ideas for grants, but then the refinement, I guess, 
that's that's very interesting. Uh, I've had I've had some radiologists, uh, you know, take standardized inventories or talk about yeah what their spouses say about them, um, and uh, I think it's done a really good job of kind of giving us an idea of who we'll meet in the field. So thank you for that. This will, I believe, bring us close to the end of our interview today, and I just wanted to take a moment to thank you so much for all the time, all the effort you put in into, into thoughtful, uh, thoughtful answers to these questions, and, um, and also to wish you the best of luck. So, to sort of wrap things up, do you have any prescriptions for medical students? Any pearls for us to, to take away as, as we're making our career decisions and, and getting on with things? Sure. Well, first off, I want to thank you for having me and having this forum. I wish something like this existed when I was a medical student, and perhaps there had been. I, maybe I was just not looking enough. Um, I, I do want to emphasize how important it is to find out about not just different specialties, but uh, what those specialties actually would mean for yourself. Um, and I'm referring to, you know, the, this running theme of mentors, right? Um, I think that personal history or personal anecdotes um, are very important the trends of, um, say, for example, uh, neurosurgeons, um, the fact that there are not that many uh, women neurosurgeons that should trigger a question in your mind about why is it that way and why what makes it that way and try to find that out um, by talking to a lot of people about um, the lifestyle choices and you know, when you're asking these questions, um, I think uh, having a realistic idea of yourself, right? Do I really care about having a lot of money? Do I really care about having a lot of vacation? Mm -hmm. Do I really want to devote myself fully um, to academic medicine and pursuit of uh, intellectual curiosities you know you just have to be really honest with yourself and you know it's never too late to change it's never too late to uh, change your career it's never too uh, late to try new things so even if you make a mistake uh, don't feel afraid to pivot um, but talking to more people and finding about yourself and being honest with yourself um, and being okay with changes, mm -hmm. I think is important. Yes, yes. Uh, figuring out yourself, uh, probably the more complex task than even the match. So <laughs> um, thank you. Thank you for that. I think I think students are really going to, to take away the importance of assessing your internal motivations and your external environment and seeing how well they align and not being afraid to go with what what you feel thank you so much for that uh you you are a busy woman so uh we are going to uh sign off now 
Uh, but in the meantime, is is there anything that you are interested in sharing with students or or connecting about? Um, they can always reach you through the email for the show. That's cxrpod at gmail.com with any questions and and we will we will um, pass those on to you. Any any last thoughts? Um, I think uh, we are in a very different um, time uh, where social media is important. Unfortunately, I am a little too old to uh, <laughs> to learn these things. Um, uh, <laughs> but um, being knowing how to navigate social media is also um, important. And I would like to give you my. Um, Twitter account, but I don't even know what it is. I, I made it a long time ago, but <laughs> I, I don't know what it is. Well, uh, we can we can go ahead and link that in the show notes. Absolutely, they they can reach you through us at CXR Pod and um, a very very best best wishes and stay well. And thank you so much for the talk. Thanks, Dr. Kim. Thank you for having me. Well, a huge thank you to Dr. Jenwon Kim for her spark notes about choosing radiology and balancing life and career. I really hope you enjoyed the interview. If you liked this episode, please follow or rate us on iTunes and please spread the word about CXR. Be curious, think about what's right for you, and see you next time. Music